Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. It's the Round Ball Rock Podcast, starring Dave Schilling, Charles Smith, the other Charles Smith, Clarence Weatherspoon, Joey Devine, Mo Peterson, Festus Azili, Sean Key. James Edwards, Chris Childs, Langston Galloway, special guest Zach Harper, musical guest Lady Tron, <laughs> and now the host of Brown Ball Rock, Dave Schilling. Hello and welcome to yet another episode of the Round Ball Rock Podcast. I am Dave Schilling. As always, I am joined by Sean Keane. Hey, Dave. And Joey Devine. Hi. Today we have a special guest, Zach Harper, very funny basketball writer, uh, at Talk Hoops on Twitter. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Shout out to Clarence Weatherspoon, who came in second in the 1993 NBA dunk contest. <laughs> Oh, that a little is, tasty tidbit to start yeah. the show off. Did a little, bit of, a little bit of trivia. <laughs> he, Cedric Sabalos got third. Oh, who was the winner that year? Harold Darvin Ham. Oh, oh, baby Jordan. Baby Jordan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> One of many dunk contest wins for Harold Miner, and by many, I mean two. Hey, that's two more than me, man. Don't knock until you try it. Dave, you've never it. won a dunk contest? I know. I mean, I've been in many, and uh, it just hasn't turned out my way so far. Why are yep. you the host of this basketball show, then? I was under <laughs> the impression that you'd won multiple dunk contests. He did win a three-point shootout at the it's Bill true. Simmons holiday party. So that's No, he I lost to Shea Serrano. Yeah, Shea killed both of us. Come on, man. Oh, we well, I was Lynch. Comfortable. 
I mean, I mean, I did. I beat him in the sense that I bet that he would miss all of his shots, and he did. And so I, I, I think that's winning on some level. But I mean, I was airballing like crazy too. I was drunk. I was very drunk. <laughs> Zach, you Zach, you're a big time uh, gunner. Have you ever won a three point shootout drunk? Uh, uh hung over, not drunk though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I won one hung hung over once. Um. I, I played basketball in uh, Vegas Summer League, not in the Vegas Summer League, but at Vegas Summer League, um, and I was like, I hadn't played in a while, and I was like, I'm going to be better than these bloggers, like, I'm I'm pretty confident in myself, probably mm. confident, and so, like, I was out the night before, and then there was a certain point in the night where I was like, I don't really need to go to sleep, like, it'd be a better story if I just showed up from a from a binge all night, and and made it to the court and, you know, dropped 30 on yeah. somebody. And, and, like, dominated the knicker bloggers or whatever. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, dominated. And, so, and so just stayed up all night drinking. Um, I guess maybe I was a little drunk when I got to the court. I, like, laid down to, like, stretch my back out, and I, and I fell asleep on the floor. <laughs> uh, and then my two goals were the rest of the time were and the second goal was not throw up on the person defending me. And <laughs> I was so bad. I didn't throw up on him, so that was good. But I, but I, that was one of the worst games I've ever played. Who would hey, be man. the funniest <laughs> blogger to throw up on while playing basketball? Oh, definitely Is it Matt Larry Moore. Coon? Oh, it's Matt, <laughs> Matt Moore, right? <laughs> Matt Moore. Moore. You're right. You're right. Wait, wait. <laughs> what about Frank Isola? I want to throw up on him. Frank Isola. I feel like you just like he's he's already penning a tweet that's angry at you for calling him a blogger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, if your if your work is on the internet, you blogging. You blogging, baby. Come on. Yeah, Bill Simmons was like the first big time blogger for the, the ultimate for blogger. The ultimate blogger. Okay, I mean, so we gotta move yeah, on, guys. We yeah, have, yeah, we yeah. spent a lot of time talking about inside baseball. And this is a basketball podcast, for Christ's sake. First up, <laughs> the Lakers are um, maybe the most dysfunctional team in basketball right now. Hey, is that true? Hey. No, they're not the Kings or the Knicks, so they're third. Uh, neither of those teams has had to thwart a coup attempt from yeah, one of their minority owners. That's basically what the some, fuck? <laughs> there's basically some territory that only Ennis Cantor has been in recently. <laughs> <laughs> I, Jim, Jim Buss is trying to wrest control of the team from Genie, and uh, oh, they're, I, go, they're, thought, going, they're literally going to fucking court. I'm not huge. Uh, I, I don't keep up with a lot of news. I thought it was Obama trying to take control of the Lakers. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, right. Oh, Did I read the headline is, wrong? Yeah, no, 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 he's, he's, no, you're right. Genie Bus and Obama wiretapped Jim Bus's phones right. at Trump <laughs> Tower. That's the headline I saw. All they found out was that he orders Domino's a lot. It's weird. Ooh. Ouch. <laughs> um, do, do you think they say it for Boogie at this point? Even though it doesn't um, seem to be working out in New Orleans? I just saw Boogie last night. I just saw Boogie last night. That wasn't the happiest locker room I've ever been in. <laughs> exactly. I wouldn't, say, I wouldn't say he left his anxiety in Sacramento by any means. Is uh, <laughs> are, are we sure he's crazy? <laughs> he, he did refuse to talk to the media last night. 
Um, it's not. It's not going well. I almost feel like maybe Jim Bus was right to not trade for him and to keep Brandon Ingram for a, another season or two. This so is, you're pro coup. I don't know if I'm pro coup. It's <laughs> it's sort of like, you know, I I understand the sentiment behind that trade. I don't necessarily agree with the idea of forcibly taking control of a basketball team from its rightful president. So the coup is it's Jim and Johnny versus Jeannie and Joey, correct? I believe so, yeah. Which, like, if this is the godfather, that's like Sonny and the sister versus Michael and Fredo. Is that correct? Who, who's Fredo in this situation? Joey. Joey oh, okay. is Fredo. Except all the, na- all the names you're throwing out there, this just sounds like a Mickey Mouse Club thing. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, Uh-oh, Jaden's going to get control of the team. <laughs> Wouldn't Fredo be, be Jim in this situation because he ended up getting whacked? Yeah, uh, no, but but based on that speech that Joey gave that one time, he is clearly he's Fredo. Luca Brazzi. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the <laughs> All right, all right. Moving on, Kawhi Leonard is he is he the rightful MVP? Um, he has been having some amazing games lately, and uh, he's not Russell Westbrook. So I'm sure Mark Cuban <laughs> might be on board with this idea. What say you guys? Um, I mean, that, that sequence last night of offense and defense was pretty amazing. Joey, take um, it. can I, you tell us what happened? Uh, Kawhi Leonard hit a dagger three and then ran back and blocked James Harden's layup and then also got the rebound, correct? Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. Um, I still think James Harden's the MVP, though. Uh, what, oh, why is it? Harden and not my man Westbrook. Um, because his team's a lot better. I mean, I hate to be that guy, but you know, like wins, wins are the stat that matters. Because if that were the case, Kawhi would be the MVP. But I don't know. I just I think Kawhi gets knocked just because the Spurs are always this good. Shawnee boy, you've been quiet. What do you What do you think here? Well, I picked Kawhi last week, and I'm just feeling very validated right now. I don't, I don't need to crow about it. I'm like Kawhi. I let, I let my performance do the talking. Also, your hands are gigantic. My hands are really big. It's, <laughs> it's, it's creepy. Zach, who you got for MVP? Uh, I'm take, I'm taking. I was swayed last night. I'm taking the second greatest shooter in San Diego State history. Um, Who's the first? You're talking to him. Uh, <laughs> Aztecs? Uh, yeah, shout out Aztecs. I, I think, like, the whole thing about it's weird, like, adding value to the team, right? Because you should just take whatever really good player is on a, uh, on a like, wildly mediocre team. And if they can win, you know, more than – if they can be more than 10 games over 500, like, that's probably the value you're, you're looking for in terms of most value. Mm-hmm. Um, Harden's probably got the best story because he was such a distasteful disaster last year and watching him was so not fun and that Rockets team was so miserable to watch night in and night out. And so mm-hmm. to see him turn around this way, embrace Mike D'Antoni, um, you know, all this stuff. Like to me, that that's the best story. 
uh, it's even better than like, oh, Kevin Durant left Westbrook and now, you know, look at him go. He's making Dennis Cantor look good and all this stuff. You know, that like that's a good story as well. But the Harden one is such a 180. Like we knew Russ could do this. Right. Like, right it's not right, like right. him averaging a triple double is something we didn't think he could do. It's still insane to watch him do it mm-hmm. and to do it while leading the league in scoring or wherever he is in that ranking at this point. But um, but like I do like should Kawhi be knocked because Greg Popovich is a great coach? I, well, that's the problem. I mean, I was saying that as a negative for myself. Like, that, I think that's why I picked James Harden over him. Because, I mean, honestly, maybe the MVP is Dwight for leaving the Rockets <laughs> and <laughs> making the, it a lot happier. The MVP of the Rockets <laughs> is Mike Budenholzer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of distasteful disasters, Festus Azili is uh, getting a cadaver knee put into his body. We have the best segues of any NBA podcast out there. Are we? Is, is so? This is a this is a dead person's knee. Um, and I don't know if you guys have seen the movie Idle Hands. Oh, yeah. uh-huh. uh-huh. Um, but is, is Francis? Yeah, yeah. Is and uh, yeah. Breckenmeyer? Breckenmeyer. I think it's a Devin Sawa film. Uh, no, it's it's Devin Sawa. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, that's Devin. the same person, right? Yeah, yeah. That's the same Yeah, person. same dude. Yeah. Same yeah. dude. Yeah. yeah. It's like um, a good Van Damme, evil Van Damme from Double Team or whatever that movie is. Right. <laughs> uh, well, I do think that people, this is not the first time this has been done in the NBA, actually. Uh, Draymond Green actually got a serial killer's meniscus, and he mostly can control it, but sometimes <laughs> it, it kicks people without him even meaning to. <laughs> well, this is what I'm concerned with. Is Festus really going to get a haunted cadaver? <laughs> I mean, he does play for the Portland Trailblazers, so yes. Oh. And, and most of most of the dead the the dead body in, in cemeteries in uh, Portland are haunted. I know that for a fact. Yeah, Look it up. That's fine. It's, it's, it's on Wikipedia. All I know is I came up with the dumbest nickname ever for Festus Azili. Now, are you ready, guys? Yes. Oh, born ready, born ready, uh, just like Lance Stevenson. Okay, are you ready? It's Festus Zombni. Uh, can Get you it? Cause explain? It, that's all the time. He I, has a zombie gotta, knee. Yeah, Zach has to leave. <laughs> yeah, I'm out. Yeah, Zach. yeah, you guys are cutting out. I can't understand. What did you say, Joey? Sorry, what was that? Uh, Festus e zombie. Okay, I still just, it's not working. Let's move on. Um, uh, oh, the more you say it, the worse it gets. Yeah, it really I know. Is. It's really like my favorite thing. But imagine that it's so terrible. <laughs> imagine that you find out that your son has died in, like, a drunk driving accident, and he was an organ donor, and they say, well, where is where are his body parts going? And they say, good news, it's going into Festus Azili's knee. <laughs> How bummed out would you be about that? Isn't his knee already haunted? <laughs> <laughs> I would be uh, stoked, because maybe I could get free tickets to the game. <laughs> I mean, sure. all I know is maybe... His knee won't have blown a three-one lead. No. Maybe this is the kind of maybe this is the uh, like the exorcism Festus needs. No. What if it's just Anderson Verzhov's knee and they don't know? <laughs> <laughs> they don't know he's alive. 
like, yeah, we looked at his per minute numbers, and uh, he's he's legally he dead. dead. <laughs> I mean, that would make sense because it seems like the way Anderson Vergeau plays basketball, that he is 100% ligaments. There are no bones in that body. <laughs> Very sinewy, man. Very sinewy. Uh, okay, so Larry Bird has now said that he was never considering trading Paul George, that in fact, these these rumors, this innuendo about Mr. George being shipped out of Indiana was merely fake news, and that is a quote. He said fake mm-hmm. news. Yeah. Like he's fucking Sean Spicer. Uh, um, <laughs> d- d- is he just covering his tracks to get people to embrace him in Indiana again? Or, or is, is, uh, is this legit? Are we making shit up about Paul George? Well, I mean, I think this is more Larry Bird's economic anxiety coming out. He is a white <laughs> guy in the Midwest. Uh, things aren't as good for him as they were four years ago. Oh, wait, are you say, are you saying that he is concerned with wedding cake subsidies? Wedding uh, cake subsidies. <laughs> he doesn't. He's just. There's a lot of issues that the Republican platform are, are very pro bird on. Yeah, like like the whole. Do people have to make a wedding cake for anyone who wants one? You know that was a big issue for Larry. Uh, defense spending has gone way down in Indiana since Roy Hibbert left, and they signed Monte Ellis. I mean. People want change. <laughs> People do want change. You're right. Um, it's good to know where Larry Bird stands on on the media and things like that. Just where I thought he did. Uh, Andrew Bogut uh, is probably out for the season after fracturing his fibia, or is it his tibia? What one of the? It's somewhere in his leg. Region. His leg. Yeah. I think it's his tibia. Well, yeah. <laughs> his his leg broke, and he will not be playing again. I'm sure. Um, is this the the most embarrassing moment of his career, or are there are there more? Am I missing one? No, we've seen uh, his tweets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's... <laughs> uh, so yeah, he he's a PizzaGate truther, <laughs> right? According to uh, according to the the play by play, he played fifty eight seconds as a Cavalier, uh, no points, no rebounds, no assists, two fouls, and that was it. I even think he's the worst player in Cavs history with that stat line. There's got to be somebody worse. Anthony Bennett was definitely worse. He was worse. (laughs) (laughs) Andrew Bogut broke his leg, but he did not have exercise-induced asthma, which is rough (laughs) for a pro athlete to have. Big plus. Big plus there. Uh, Uh, What do you think was worse, the Warriors getting zero from uh, Jose Calderon for 400 grand or what the Cavs got from Bogut for 400 grand? Well, well, I mean, Bogut actually played 58 seconds. Calderon got a jersey and that was it. The amount of damage that Calderon could have done on the Warriors is I know. Sig- significant. So <laughs> the Imagine... Warriors definitely got the better end of the steal by not putting him on the court. <laughs> Imagine he was playing with JaVale McGee. Woo! That's that's quite a defensive tandem. I mean, it's a hell of a pick and roll combo, right? A it's guy who possible. doesn't want to shoot and a guy who just runs. <laughs> it's possible. It's possible it would have been effective because the opponents would have just been laughing so much at the shot clock, <laughs> right? But like, hey, eight years ago, this this pick and roll's got a lot of potential. <laughs> Eight years ago, this pick and roll combination was well. It was still pretty shitty, but it wasn't as funny at that point. 
Uh, Bojan Bogdanovic pl- is actually playing, unlike Andrew Bogut, and playing very well. Did yeah. the Kings get the wrong Bogdanovic? <laughs> I, yes. still, I still don't know which one they have. <laughs> <laughs> they have Bogdan. <laughs> <laughs> why, why, why are their names so similar? I this is like the bus family. So don't do it. It's not good well, for me. It's not good you, for anybody. If you remember right, when I when the Suns drafted Bogdan Bogdanovich, they acted, the ESPN actually showed highlights of Bojan Bogdanovich, and the only reason anyone knew is because former Golden State Warriors uh, first round draft pick Nemanja Nedovic tweeted. They showed the wrong Bogdanovich. <laughs> what a stupid name. No offense. I hope that's not culturally offensive. What if my name was Zach Zacker? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Well then, well, then you'd be very memorable. <laughs> I definitely believe, I'm just going to push this idea again, you should be able to send both Bogdanoviches and they wear one jersey. They can't share the court at the same time, but they share a salary. I think the, I think the Zellers have to do this too. Yeah, one Zeller, one Zeller well. slot, one Plumley. Yeah. Uh, speaking a, of the Zellers, have you seen that Cody Zeller stat? Throw it out at us, Joey. Uh, the Hornets are twenty-five and eighteen when Cody Zeller plays, and three and seventeen when he doesn't. Oh, Big Z! What the done. fuck? <laughs> He's a difference maker. What does uh, that, it mean? It means that my vote for MVP <laughs> is Cody Zeller. <laughs> <laughs> so take that, Mark Cuban. Yeah, it's like when they, it's like when he doesn't play in a game, they just put on Bobcats uniforms. <laughs> That's how they- <laughs> Uh, it's like when they when he's not playing, they send out children to play instead, <laughs> like actual little babies. Um, Cody's not playing tonight. Somebody called Gerald Wallace. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Sean May, suit up. <laughs> yeah, someone, someone get Sean May's shift at Golden Corral cover. <laughs> what if they just What if they just had uh, the the Ghost Ballers from the Big Three League play instead? Oh. Oh, they're, I mean, they'd be better than the Hornets record, that's for sure. Oh, man, I can't wait for that big three. I can't wait for those Ghost Ballers, specifically. <laughs> Can, is, is there merch? Is there gear available for the big three yet? There's a logo. I mean, I assume you can buy it, right? Yeah, but I want to slap that on a lunchbox and T-shirt and <laughs> pair of trousers, something. Um, <laughs> the NBA is now considering ways to fix the All-Star game. I think maybe they read Sean's Yard Barker uh, and decided to uh, take his advice and, and mix it up. Is this is this a long time coming? Is it? What are we going to do here? The, I was at the All-Star game, as you guys know, you listeners, and it was kind of fucking boring. It was just mm-hmm. a little boring for my taste, uh, especially the game itself. Something's got to be done. Joey? I mean, it's been boring. Like, there's one good All-Star game ever, right? In, like, 92 or 86 or whatever that one is that everyone always talks about. It was so good that you just gave it, like, a 10-year window. (laughs) (laughs) The Shaq and Kobe one where they were co-MVPs was cool. I don't know. It's They won't even let them score over 200 points. It's like every time they get close, then they just offense and they... 
just grind it out and it's terrible. And I want to see someone score 200 points. I mean, that's what I want. The, I like the most memorable thing that ever happened in an all-star game that I can remember is Sean, uh, Sean Marion ruining old wizards, Michael Jordan. Oh, uh, perfect ending. My favorite thing. This (laughs) This is, is, we have, we talked about this many times. This is secretly the greatest NBA all-star game of all time. The 2003 all-star game. It was set up for the poetic finish for Michael Jordan to hit the game-winning shot and finally retire, and Sean Marion blocked his shot so badly. Uh, and then they played two overtimes, I want to say. I, I think that's correct, And yeah. so Jordan ended up playing, like, 31 minutes in the All-Star game at 40, and they just kept giving him the shot, and finally, it looked like they just made an agreement that they were just going to throw it to Kate to Kevin Durant, sorry, Kevin Garnett on every play, just to end the game. Anyway, it was great. So the greatest. I enjoy it. I enjoy any time a player gets booed in an All Star game. That's <laughs> yeah. always my favorite moment. It's like, what a great celebration of our league. Oh, fuck that guy. I don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, so is that how we fix the all-star game? We just more tell the fans to boo every single person. <laughs> I had someone I had someone connected to a team. I don't want to sound official here, uh, but said the only the only option Adam Silver has is to get rid of it, which was yeah. aggressive. Yeah, um, you can't get you can't get rid of it. There, yeah, there's there's, there's got to be, be too much money, right? Like there's yeah, there's a stupid amount of money and promotion going on that weekend. It's the NBA's equivalent of the Super Bowl. You know, right. they obviously the, the NBA finals is at least four games, so you can't really cram a lot of planning and and pomp and circumstance into it like you can with the All Star game where it's a different place every year, you know where it's gonna be and they have to do it. It's where the celebrities come and where they get to do all the promotional bullshit and uh it's necessary. But the question is, is it is it time to make uh, the All Star game? Count for home court advantage in the no. final. <laughs> ooh, ooh, real bad idea. Real bad. This time uh, it counts, man. This time it counts. Doesn't it? Doesn't it seem like the driving factor is more the teams and the GMs than the players in terms of don't try, don't really get hurt, just come back. Like it feels like the minutes restrictions are coming from coaches and executives, not the players themselves. Right. Well, I, I mean, but yeah, Boogie played two minutes in the All Star game. Uh, to well, be he fair, was getting he was, traded. Yeah, he was getting traded. <laughs> yeah, but that's my, but that's my point. It's like someone had to tell Steve Kerr, "Hey, by the way, he's getting traded." So it was no longer his decision. He had to know, right? So there's there's machinations beyond the coaching staffs of these teams. Maybe yeah, they mean, should. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just. I I do think that idea of like. Of they they should be playing for a charity, right? Like mm-hmm. or playing for their own charity, or because I don't even know that like picking captains and then they pick the teams. I don't know if that's gonna aside from like Westbrook, like that's not gonna <laughs> right. That's not really gonna fuel anybody to try harder, right? Like I think it's a cool idea, but I don't know that it's actually gonna do anything. Whereas if you're playing for charity and you don't like go even like half speed for charity, that's a PR hit, yeah, nightmare. And so that's probably. The only way, the whole home court advantage in the finals thing, like, if I'm LeBron, there's no way I'm accepting Andre Drummond being responsible for whether or not I can't <laughs> 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 
Well, guys, I think ultimately the only way to fix the All-Star game is to have them play to the death. Moving on, Tyler <laughs> Uless, uh and Isaiah Thomas had a little bit of a showdown. They actually had to do a jump ball <laughs> in their game recently, and uh, I chuckled at that, and and, uh, and Uless had a big game-winning shot uh, against Boston, and it was lovely, and uh, I mean... These little, these little fellas, these little dwarfy, dwarfy guys, <laughs> they got some moxie. They got some moxie. How tall do you think Isaiah Thomas actually is? Five, six. You think he's five, six? Yeah. No, I'm kidding. That's oh, very short. I, I, I think that's like, I that's think he's, he's like five, seven in heels. Like that's, I can't believe he's so That would mean that he is like significantly shorter than me. And I am very short compared to like, uh, even Steph Curry. I'm a little shorter than Steph Curry. I stood next to him and I was towering over him, and I'm not a tall person. Dear God, poor guy. Uh, and Tyler Eulis is definitely shorter than Isaiah Thomas as well. And like 60 pounds lighter. Yeah. Like he's a, he is a real, like he is a, he's, he's basically an Olsen twin size. Like that's <laughs> <a difference. laughs> he makes uh, if, me think he would eat like a hummingbird does, where they just have like a, a feeder of syrup or something. Yeah, like sugar, wa- sugar yeah. water. Yeah. <laughs> okay, idea to save the All-Star, All-Star weekend. Mm-hmm. Jump ball contest with all of the guys under six feet tall in the NBA. Well, I hate jump balls, so No. <laughs> okay. I well, hate yeah, the jump Sean, balls so Sean much. believes in the possession arrow, which is a thing that I. <laughs> what are you like... a fucking communist? <laughs> I just really hate officials failing to throw a ball straight up in the air, which seems like the easiest task in the world, but is just impossible to achieve during an NBA. So game basically, you'd, you'd rather flip a coin, is what you're saying? Yes. Ugh. They should get that drone that Aaron Gordon was using. Oh, that jump ball. just drop it and then drop it. I yeah. like that. I like that a lot. Just don't get the guy who actually piloted it for Aaron Gordon because he did a, a fairly bad job. <laughs> I'm Wait, pretty sure that was Alfred Payton. <laughs> oh, was it? No, was it? He had that kind of control. I wasn't close enough. My seats were really bad. A really underrated part of that dunk is how terrible Aaron Gordon was at pretending he was flying the drone. (laughs) (laughs) Like, if you look at it, he is not doing, like, uh, it's like when you see, like, a really old movie where somebody is driving against a green screen and they're just, like, flailing the steering wheel back and forth. Yeah, I think maybe he thought that he was, like, controlling it with, like, a neural implant or something. Yeah. Like, he's he's in the the future war from the Terminator. Right. Or it's just, like, a bad remake of Johnny Mnemonic. Like, that's what a a virtuosity. He can hold all kinds of information. None of them are about defense, though. That's the Eric Gordon drone word. I don't want to bum everybody out here. Mm-hmm. But we have to talk about LeBron James on the Road Trippin' Podcast. Yeah! The Road Trippin' Podcast, Channing Fry and Richard Jefferson's acclaimed podcast uh, that broke the Kyrie Flat Earth story. So uh-huh. I was I, I was looking on the, uh, this, the, the iTunes Sports and Recreation Podcast chart. And by the way, the Mass Man Show on the Ringer Podcast Network is ranked number four. 
So oh. it's it's only a couple slots below road tripping, but road tripping is very popular. You should maybe start um, plugging this podcast on that podcast. I do too. every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> There's, you know, most wrestling fans don't have time to watch basketball because they're you know they're caught up in the storylines. <laughs> yeah, they're 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 on Reddit, baby. They're ordering T-shirts. They're trimming their neck hair. It's it's a hard job. It's a hard life being a wrestler. Anyway, mm-hmm. so Mr. James says that he cries every time mm-hmm. he watches the episode of Fresh Prince where Will's dad comes back and then leaves. That's a great episode. I don't I don't fault him for that. No, no. I the thing I don't fault him for is he should definitely cry when watching that episode. Well, I think we can all agree it's a good episode. But he said every time, which makes me think how many times is lebron james watching that episode of the fresh prince of bel-air because it seemed like a lot you don't think that is what he uses to get psyched well that maybe he's what if when he's got his beats headphones on and he's walking through the corridor and they're filming him and he's looking real tough the sunglasses on he's listening to the dialogue from that episode it's very possible he's Do you a think big that... ben vereen fan yeah <laughs> Do you think that Cavs fan who, when LeBron first came back to Cleveland as a member of the Heat, he had that sign that was like, you left uh-huh. just like your dad? Do you think that fan still has that sign? <laughs> <laughs> he kept it like, yes. this was the greatest moment of my sporting career. Yeah, and he like blew up that Getty image of himself in the, in the crowd. Like He made that a fathead. I actually heard he lit it on fire immediately after the game. <laughs> That's all they know in Cleveland. <laughs> Setting things on fire. Just burn the prices are out love. of control. Better set something on fire tonight. Uh, okay, so LeBron also said, and I he quote, had an I'm, insane quote. Yeah, yeah. I am addicted to the process. I'm addicted to the process. It's so funny. I just told my wife the other day. I apologized to her. She was like. What are you apologizing for? I said, because the journey that I'm on to want to be the greatest to ever play the game or to the point where no one forgets what I accomplished, I've at times lost the fact of how important you are to this thing. I want you to understand that along this journey while I'm playing this game, there will be times that I lose the fact of how important you and my three kids are. My babies are. (laughs) First off, good read, Dave. That was good. Thanks, man. I mean, that's like a round ball theater selection. Uh, I can I can tap into the feeling of being a, a driven and tortured soul who also has a wife and kids. <laughs> uh, well, that was going to be my question for you, Dave. You're the only married man on this podcast, so uh, damn what's right. The, what's the dumbest thing you've ever apologized to your wife for? <laughs> uh, staying late at the arcade to play pinball. <laughs> oh, because you were trying to be the greatest ever. Yeah, because I'm constantly <laughs> pushing myself, pushing the limits of my ability, because I don't want people to forget what I accomplished. Uh, yeah, you've got to you got to put in those three those three initials. The second thing is true. the second thing is not making her come. That's oh, just come here. on, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> uh, have you ever how how effective do you think it is when you're talking to your wife about your relationship if you refer to it as how important you are to this thing? Oh, I mean, what thing are we talking about, guys? Well, LeBron's not like you're so pro- you're so important to me. He's like, you know, you're important to this thing. You're well, right up I mean, there with David Griffin and sometimes James Jones. 
Listen, man, this is this is the project of his life. This is what he was put on this earth to do, is to play basketball and to bring joy to people like you. And deliver You're... money to people on the wall. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Also give that's... money to people on the wall, yeah. That's part of, that's part of bringing joy to people is producing Chris Hardwick's The Wall only on NBC. Okay. Uh, he's also addicted to making Dwayne Wade eat sea bass. Don't forget about that. Um, you know, I got to say, <laughs> they cut out my, my sea bass quotes from my, my Jimmy Butler, Dwayne Wade article. And, uh, you know, the round ball rock fans, the, the followers of round ball rock heard what Dwayne Wade mm-hmm. had to say about sea bass's follow up to the Pablo Torre story. And, uh, you know, you guys are you guys are in the loop. You guys are in luck. You guys know what Dwayne Wade that he's still eating sea bass to this day, and it has not. Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. It made me wonder if I'm a crappy friend because I don't send more voice messages in texts. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. I've never sent one of those. Yeah. Uh, Amin El Hassan, to drop a name, sent me one today to explain how he was saying something that he had typed out in a weird way. And, uh, and it, for a second I thought, I was real confused. I was like, do I, do I send one back? Like, I don't know. <laughs> right. what, like, I, don't, I don't know if a voice text is the same as like, like sending a dick pic. Like, if you, like, if you send me dudes, do I have to send you one back? If you yeah. send me a voice message, do I have to send you one back? Like, I don't, there's so much of this world in communication that I do not understand. Well, I mean, uh, go ahead. yeah, go ahead. Yes, continue. <laughs> Carry on. Well, you, that's also how Kevin Garnett does his communication, right? He just yeah, sends he voice he memos how, back and forth? He, he doesn't know how not to yell. Oh, that's, that's all that's right. <laughs> I mean, Kevin Garnett is like the Bill Murray of the NBA, too, where it's like, leave me a voice message and I might send you some beats made by RZA back. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's a hard he's a hard man to get a hold of. Let me just say that. Um, Zach Harper, let's talk about you. Not a hard man to get a hold of. You're here with us this week. Yeah. Um, so you wrote uh, for the Ian Carmel pilot. Um, remind me what the name of the show is again. Is it The, the upside? upside? The Upside, upside right. Ian Carmel. We have, we have a funny uh, connection to that, and that Joey Devine was in the in the audience and hated hard on Amin Al-Hassan. Apparently, to the point he was where, mad at me. Now, what, can you relate <laughs> that story again, Joey? you the Joey? one in the crowd? I was yeah. the one in the crowd. That he told the story about on the podcast? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. that's phenomenal. Isn't that amazing? I yeah. love that. And, well, and, and so Dave went up to him at All-Star Weekend and was like, hey, I know that guy from the crowd, and the only reason he wasn't laughing as hard is because he's a comedian. <laughs> like, I, the show was great. I just uh, am, like, a comedian, so I don't laugh. Like, laughter is dead to me. Um, and apparently that's what he had a problem with. I mean, I probably, they shouldn't have sat me in the second row, to be honest <laughs> with you. <laughs> You could have. You should have been in the back, man, with the rest. With the rest of the pros. I know, I know. You know, you you win some, you lose some, <laughs> and in this case, I lost hard. <laughs> <laughs> so, Zach, tell me a little bit more uh, more about the show and, and your involvement on it and uh, all that good stuff. Um, I was the only non-comedian on the writing staff, which uh, which was terrifying. 
because I kind of thought there would be like a couple of me. Um, right. And it, and it turned out like I was the only one who had never done comedy before, aside from like some dick jokes on Twitter. And so that was that was real. It's just a different way. Uh, I'm telling you guys, like, it's just a different way of writing. Yeah. Like, it, like there's, it's one thing to, like, you see a, a story on online and then you, like, make a joke about it and then you move on, like, playing 2K the rest of the day. Like, that's one way of doing comedy. And the <laughs> other way is, like, where they're like, okay, for the next two hours, just sit by yourself and write jokes. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, well, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> and and so there was this point where I think we were I think we were writing the monologue or or no we were writing like some of the panel discussion stuff and and we had like this task of like you know next two to three hours just write jokes by yourself and and Ian has to go handle something and and so he comes back and he's reading our jokes and they're all in this word document and it doesn't have anyone's name by them and so like the first four of mine that were, no that's not funny no I don't want to do that no let's not do that. <laughs> And I just felt like absolute crap. Oh. Like just like I'm a fraud. None of this is gonna work. I don't know what I'm doing here. They're gonna cut me off the show by tomorrow. Like all this stuff. And then like the next five jokes I wrote that were in there, he was either laughing or building on top of them. And then I was like, I'm the funniest man alive. You experienced the first year of doing comedy in about yeah. five minutes. Right. It was. It was it, but it's it's exhausting. Like I. Comedy's hard. It's yeah. really, it's really, really hard, and it makes you kind of appreciate that world a whole lot more. And I think uh, Comedy Central would be foolish not to pick it up because I'd like to do that for a living for a little while. Agreed. It was yeah. great. Oh. It, it's hard to make comedy funny. I mean, sports funny, and you guys did a good job. Thank you. Oh, I, don't you don't have to worry, man. I've been on the phone with my boy Ken Alterman, and he, I've already <laughs> put in a good word. I'm like Ken. Dog, doggy. I've seen a lot of TV shows in my day, babe, and this one is a keeper. Just, just buy a year's worth. Like this, let yeah, me. Let's one season. Just let me Come get on, my, baby. Let me get my debt covered. That's all I need. You just want to leave Utah, though, right? Um, I don't know. It's like living in a postcard. <laughs> like there are mountains everywhere. It's pretty. So you're you're in Utah, but officially. But a, a Timberwolves fan? Yeah, so my my girlfriend works for the Jazz. Mm -hmm. And so um, I grew up in Sacramento. Uh, I chose the Timberwolves when I was like six because I'm super smart. And I was like, oh, I like Wolves. Like, I, like, <laughs> like, Wolves are cool. I'll root for the Timberwolves. So I was just like a huge Timberwolves fan. Like, whenever they, they came to town, you know, twice a year, my dad would get me tickets and take me. And I read every box score. And then, like, they got kind of good when Kevin Garnett came around and so they were on TV more and you got to watch that and then um and then I and then once I was old enough to like be able to barely afford league pass and you know stuff like that then then you got to watch them like every night and that was like kind of the heart of the Sam Cassell was Trail Sprewell KG I guess a year and a half um and and so then it was like, all right, now I feel really connected to the team. And then in 2010, I moved to Minneapolis because I had friends there and I had a girlfriend there at the time. And and um, you love Prince. And I love Prince. I went to a Prince pajama party in Minneapolis. <laughs> Whoa, awesome! So are you friendly at all with Joe Mandy, comedian I've, Joe Mandy? I've met Joe Mandy once, um, and I've tweeted him a couple of times, and he has acknowledged my presence once when. I met him in person. <laughs> Damn, dude. Congratulations. Oh. He's yeah, a hard so, man to get a hold of. 
So would you say Joe Mandy is the alpha Timberwolves fan? Um, I guess he's the most famous Timberwolves fan. I don't know if that makes him an alpha. I don't really understand. I really don't understand the whole alpha beta thing. Well, I think with wolves, I think it actually matters. Right? It okay, let me matter, let, right? yeah, let me makes... let me explain it. So <laughs> I'm an alpha, and, and Joey we're all is cucks? a beta. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm a cuck. Yeah, <laughs> big old cuck. Uh, so what is what is your connection to the Sacramento Kings then? Because I have that in my notes here. Uh, I so when I started writing about basketball, um, I had a website for like a couple of years, and then. ESPN created the True Hoop Network, which was just like a team blog for every team. And uh, they wanted me to join the network, but I was in Sacramento at the time, so they had me start a Kings blog. So I covered I covered the Kings for like two seasons, and then I moved to Minneapolis. What was it's, the name of the Kings True Hoop blog? Cowbell Kingdom. Oh, mm-hmm. that one. Oh, man, that's my favorite. I love uh, Story yeah, Aka blog myself, but... Uh, I wanted to name it Petri Dish. Because oh, <laughs> Jeff Petrie baby. was running it, and then someone said, "You know, he's not going to work there forever." And so then I realized, like, something more generic. And then you realized your own mortality at the same I re- time. Yeah, and then I was like, "Oh, well, I'm going to die. There's no way I'll live past the next three years. That works." Uh, Sean, you have a list of Sacramento questions for Zach. You want to read those off? Did you, yeah. How long did you live in Sacramento, Zach? Uh, like most of my life. Okay. Like, so I have years. I have a couple of Sacramento related questions. Uh, Joey and I are from the Bay Area, but I've been in Sacramento a lot. Uh, hey, I'm from Merced, so I know Sacramento better than all of you people. Okay. Except for Zach. Like, Except for Zach. It's like you and Jeremy Renner, is he from, or is he from Modesto? He's from Modesto. He's from Modesto. Oh, George, yeah. You went to Buyer High School. Yeah. That's why he's obsessed with flipping houses. That's all they know there in Modesto. <laughs> it's the only, only industry we have is the empty housing market. Yeah, it's usually uh, just to find meth, though. That's usually the only reason. Yeah. Uh, a, meth, a meth lab blew up in my neighborhood once. This, we'll talk about that off the air. Moving on. So let's go with these questions. Okay, so uh, these are uh, five Sacramento-related questions. All right, what is the best circus? The Pancake Circus or the Sacramento Kings front office? Um, you get slightly less diarrhea from Pancake Circus. So I <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. Um, is Oh, this is a bonus question. Was Jim Boy's Tacos named after Jimmer Fredette? Uh, sadly, they're before Jimmer Fredette. Okay. So <laughs> it was not. Okay. But one of my favorite tacos. Um, do you have any theories as to what is up with the ziggurat? I don't, I, I don't understand the question. I won't respond to it. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Uh, that weird pyramid building in West Sacramento. Oh, that's what that's called? Yeah, it's called the Ziggurat. <laughs> uh, Jim Palmer, um, the pitcher, used to do that like money store commercial. And yeah, that, yeah. Ho- that housed like money store offices for a while. So oh. I just always thought it was a literal pyramid scheme. <laughs> See, okay. I, th- I heard it was Jim Palmer's house. So. <laughs> that also might be yeah. true. <laughs> it was designed by uh, Frank Lloyd Weaver. And, uh, okay. Uh, uh, okay, do you, do you know what a river cat is? I mean, we know it's the minor league baseball team, but in nature, do you know what a river cat is? I think it's a cat that lives by the river. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think that's what right. it is. I it, went, I've been to hundreds and hundreds of River Cats games because my dad bought season tickets. It is a beautiful park. 
It's yeah, kind of really, cool, right? Really like field, league, lovely. Yeah, yeah. For minor league baseball, it was great. And my dad was always eighth row behind home plate, screaming at umpires. So he was a big <laughs> Jack Cust fan. Oh, <laughs> love, Eric Burns, Jack Cust, uh, Chris Carter. Um, who was some other crappy Joey's, player you like? Joey's favorite baseball player of all time, Derek Barton. Oh, Probably, my nemesis, yeah. Derek Barton. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Sean, okay. you got more of these? Yeah, I got two more. Um, who is... We, we talk about celebrity fans. Obviously, it's Billy Crystal and Frankie Muniz for the Clippers. Uh, who is the biggest Sacramento fan? Like, who's the Jack Nicholson of the Golden One Center? Ooh. Um, and I'm trying to think who's been there before. I'll field this one. Uh, it's that robot that, uh, <laughs> uh, oh, that is garbage. Yeah, the Chappie? robot. Is that Chappie? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, Chappie. <laughs> there was like a, a random, like, not the USFL, but there was a USFL-like league that started, and there was the Sacramento Mountain Lions for <laughs> a few years, and Denzel Washington's son played for that team, and I think Dante Culpepper did too. So I'm going to say Denzel Washington. Wait, was this oh. after was this after the World League of American Football Sacramento search? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, after after the search. This was like this had to have been like 6 years ago or something like that. Oh wow, okay. Yeah. Sacramento no luck with off-brand professional football teams. <laughs> no, but, yeah, but they're trying. Thought. They're trying real hard. <laughs> I was a big Gold Miners fan back in the CFL, sure. you know? Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> God, God damn. That's got to be uh, the most ambitious sports expansion, right? The Canadian Football League comes to America. Yeah, yeah. like it's, it's really like like we love us some head injuries, but we don't want to put up a lot of money. Right. What can we do? <laughs> uh, oh, and the, my last Sacramento question is: What do you think would happen if a team just played four on five on defense and had one guy cherry pick all the time? It couldn't be much worse than what's happening right now. <laughs> it really couldn't. So I'm all for it. Who would be the the cherry picker? Ben McLemore? Um, I don't know that you want him back on offense. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't uh, think that's what, a good idea. What What do you think about Buddy Heald, Zach? Um, he was a good shooter in college. He's got big teeth. Uh, <laughs> this is true. He's like thirty five years old. So big fan. <laughs> now. Yeah. now Joey, Joey Devine has a very um, elaborate theory mm-hmm. uh, about the bust name, that you can tell a guy is going to be a bust in the draft if they have a name like Buddy Heald, for instance. Or Jimmer for dead. Yeah, they just, for whatever reason, have the, 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 the twang of a bust. Mm-hmm. Do you think that there's a way to, to quantify this? Do you think this is real? Um, yeah, because I do think that there's something to the idea, like, this guy sounds like an athlete, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, like, DeMarcus it, Cousins sounds like an athlete when right, someone DeMarcus, says his name to you. Exactly. Like, you think <laughs> athlete. Like, when we should have known better, like, all right, I know this is football and not, not an NBA podcast, but, um, but, like, when we heard the name Trent Richardson. We should have mm-hmm. known, like, there was, like, that guy <laughs> is an insurance salesman. He is not yeah. an NFL player. He's certainly, and, he's certainly not a running back. Yeah. What about, 
What about the name Aaron Hernandez? Did we know he was a murderer? <laughs> yes, 100%. And I don't mean that in any kind of racial way. Yeah, like, that just sounds like... Okay, good. Yeah, because what you have to do in your... I always, I, did the, I always do this with, with flights. I'm like, can I... Like, I read out in my head, like, flight 2722 out of... You know, Delta flight 2722 crashed in the Midwest today. Like, does that sound like something that a reporter would say? No? Okay, then I'm going to take this flight. Yeah. <laughs> And so, like, with, with Aaron Hernandez, like, can you hear the people versus Aaron Hernandez? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. yeah 9-11. 9-11 is a good example of this. That sounds right. like a day a bad thing happened. Absolutely. <laughs> could, you, could you imagine Hall of Famer Trent Richardson? No. But, like... Indicted Tennessee State Senator Trent Richardson? Right, I exactly. could believe that. <laughs> Confirmed homophobe Trent Richardson? Yeah, misuse of, 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 like, like he's like a comptroller who's up to no good. Are there any right. comptrollers up to good? No, no, no. No, no, they're all true. <laughs> Comptroller is like the like the word coup that we mentioned earlier. Like I think I know what it means, but I probably don't. <laughs> uh, what are your thoughts on the the T Wolves this season? Because uh, it's this, there was a lot of expectation, and maybe they haven't quite lived up to that. And there's you know more agitating for the head of Ricky Rubio. So where are you at with the T Wolves right now? I'm very comfortable. I didn't think they would make the playoffs. I thought they'd be a little better than they were, and I didn't think they'd start out the year so bad. But it, to me, like they were always going to build as the year went went along, and so they're kind of in line with what I expected out of them. Um, like the, I just look at it as like, how many young people do you know in your life you trust to consistently make good decisions in a work environment? Joey right? Divine, that's it. Sure, Joey. like Joey yeah, yeah. obviously comes me. to mind. Um, but then after that, like. Like, young people are just kind of dumb. And I don't think the Timberwolves players are dumb necessarily. It's just they're inexperienced, and you're in a league where um, experience really does matter. And knowing like knowing what to do time and time and time again really matters. And I talked to Carl Anthony Towns briefly after a game the other night, and he and we were talking about defense. I was like, did, ha, like at what point did the system click for you on defense? And he was like, you know, it, it took a while because I had to realize – that me freelancing on defense was actually putting us like in a worse position. So it's like stuff like that of like realizing as a young player, Oh, I shouldn't, I shouldn't just do my own thing. I should do what mm-hmm. the coach is telling me to do. Like that stuff matters. And that takes a while. Um, I'll just say like Andrew Wiggins is better than probably most people is. Uh, he's right. really good. Ricky Rubio is too, but he can't score. So that's a, that's always going to put a ceiling on him. Um, Carl Anthony Towns is going to be ridiculous, and it sucks that Zach Levine uh, got hurt. But you know, Wiggins has taken over more of a role. Towns has taken over over more of a role. It's probably better in the long run. What's Zach Levine's ceiling, though? Because to me, he reads more like a like a fun sixth man. Than... Yeah, that's that's probably what he is. Like, I don't know that they expected him to be as good as he was this quickly. And so they kind of had, they were kind of forced to throw him into the starting lineup because of that, because he kind of exploded at the end of last season. Um, and he, and they just like, he, they don't have any, really any shooting and he's clearly a, a, an elite shooter because he can, you know, hit two or three threes a game at 40%. Um, so that kind of forced their hand a little bit, but yeah, like, like, is he a starter in the NBA? He, he's probably good enough. He's probably better if he's your first guy off the bench. Tight. Is Chris is Chris Chris Dunn gonna be any good? 
What do you think? On defense, yes. Um, like, he might be more Tony Allen than John Wall, mm-hmm. uh, which is still a fine player, right? Like, you could you, you could use a Tony Allen, but, like, that's yeah. not... You're not getting that excited unless... But isn't that Ricky Rubio, too, then? Um, yes, but they don't want Ricky Rubio long-term. Why? That's my question, because I love Ricky Rubio. <laughs> I love him, too. Like, he's he's real good at most things basketball-related. Um I think part of it is like he's not he's on a good contract, yeah. But they want like Thibodeau believes in as much cap flexibility as possible, not just for signing guys, but being able to like you know do these random trades where you absorb a contract. If we get this thirteen million dollars off of our books, that just gives us more, and we want Chris Dunn to become the starting point guard eventually anyway. Uh, and if it doesn't happen, then like all right, what if we threw a two year contract at Derrick Rose this summer, and just like he's the bridge to our, you know, to our point guard situation, which probably not Ugh. a good idea because he kind of sucks now. Yeah. Uh, but also, like, I would rather have Rubio at $13 million than Derrick Rose for a year even. Yeah, me. I mean, me too. It, like, I think the idea, and from what I heard around trade deadline, is they were demanding Rose and a draft pick, like a, a lowly protected first-round pick. And so if you could get that out of the Knicks, you end up with more flexibility down the road cap-wise, and you get a first-round pick that the Knicks are probably going to you know, be bad because mm-hmm. uh, they're the Knicks. And, and when that wouldn't happen, then they said, okay, we're fine. Like, no worries. We're not going to do it. Probably going to trade Rubio like draft night or first week of free agency and try to find that flexibility. Like, they're also probably going to go hard after someone like George Hill. So if George Hill won't sign, then their, their backup plan is, is Derrick Rose, which sounds... Super depressing. <laughs> oh, boy. I just threw up a little bit. Um, <laughs> that's a shame. But uh, we have to take a quick break from all this uh, depressing talk for a word from our sponsor. Guys, we are happy to welcome our newest sponsor this week. It's Joe Barry Care Bears. These are the only stuffed animal developed, distributed, and personally stuffed by former NBA number one pick Joe Barry Carroll. These bears are huge. And you better believe they are soft. Just ask any Western Conference center from the 80s. At Joe Barry Care Bears, they've got all the tools. Sure, they don't necessarily use them, but those bears have so much potential. You might have to send them to Italy for a year or two, but after a while, they'll be a real contributor. In addition, JBC Bears display all the emotions that the real Joe Barry Carroll displayed. There's Sulky Bear... There's tendonitis bear, who comes with his own knee brace. There's ennui bear, he wears a beret and holds a clove cigarette. There's a JBC cousin bear, the heavily braided Damari Care bear. And everyone's favorite, guaranteed no-cut contract bear. For a limited time, they'll pair it with America's favorite bedtime companion, Sleepy Floyd bear. That bear once notched 29 naps in a quarter. How do you get one? Well, JBC Bears are not sold in stores or online. To get one, you've got to trade two incredibly valuable toys. Toys that will outlast your Joe Barry Care Bears by a decade. Start your child early on a lifetime of haunting regret. And once you finally get sick of your bear, you can always exchange him for Ralph Sampson, a stuffed lion with no padding in its joints. Joe Barry Care Bears, Teddy Ruxpin's not walking through that door. Thank you to Joe Barry Care Bears for hooking us up and keeping the lights on so we can play 
the following game. Brought to you by Joey Devine. Joey, what have you got for us this week? So, Zach, your two favorite things in the world, right, are uh, action movies and uh, uh, unapologetic NBA gunners like Ricky Davis, correct? Absolutely. So this game is called Fictional Gunners and Actual Gunners. (laughs) And what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you the name of an action movie character and... You're going to tell me which NBA player you think their game would most uh, represent, you'd think, like skill set-wise, if they were playing NBA basketball. So my first name, a classic from Die Hard, John McClane. Oh, which gunner is John McClane? Mm-hmm. You know what? Uh, Jamal Crawford. Old, old school guy, has all the tricks in the book, um, is very set in his ways in that Jamal Crawford like really won't change his style of play uh, and even says, like, I know, like he said this last night, I know my game doesn't isn't favorable to analytics, but it works for me. Like what? Like I don't know what that means. Like that's not a that's not a thing to say. Like that, and I love Jamal Crawford, but I like I was super confused when he said that. Um, so yeah, I think John McClane's the same way. Like he's gonna go stop terrorists his way, whether it's the right way or not. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna throw a dead body on a cop car, which is basically a four point play, right? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I think he's like Isaiah Thomas, the Celtics Isaiah Thomas, because he's short. Let's face it, his net rating in the last scene of Die Hard is basically negative, just like the Celtics <laughs> in fourth quarters. <laughs> All right. Your next action star is uh, Mark Wahlberg's character in Shooter, John Lee Swagger. Oh, my God. I mean, it has to be Nick Young. Oh, oh that's pretty good. Swagger and Swaggy P, and not that many people like him. <laughs> See, I said Sauce Castillo because he's not that good, but his name is amazing. Yeah, and he's way whiter than you want him to be. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What about Casey Ryback, which is Steven Seagal in Under Siege? Oh, man. Who's a fat gunner? Uh, <laughs> Dennis Scott? Oh, Jared Selinger. Can I say Jared Selinger? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're really confused as to how this guy got popular, but you just kind of accept it because he's forty. See, I think your yours is way better than mine. I said Steph Curry because he's a chef and pretty slow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what about Mike Banning, who is Gerard Butler in the Has Fallen series of films? <laughs> wow. Dude, is that the official name for the series, The Has Fallen? Yes. Yeah. Well, because. We got Olympus, we got London, and we got Air Force One coming, which Air Air Force Force One already fell. It did, multiple times. Um, I'm going to go with Marco Bellinelli because he's confusingly European. (laughs) (laughs) See, I said, don't ask me why, but I'm 100% sure he is J.R. Smith. (laughs) Oh, that also works. I could see uh, Paul Pierce. Because he's he's around and he's a big star, but nobody really likes him, and he does a lot of uh, trash talk that doesn't really make any sense. Like Joey, do you want to say Mike Banning's big catchphrase from Olympus Has Fallen? Uh, well, I actually my favorite part, my favorite Mike Banning line is actually from <laughs> London Has Fallen, 
and he and the president have taken a break from brutally murdering people. And he goes, I don't know about you, but I'm thirsty as fuck. (laughs) (laughs) But in the first Olympus has fallen, he tells a guy, I'm going to put a fucking knife in your brain. That's his yippee kaye. <laughs> That's his yippee kaye. Does he say it twice? Yes. yes. <laughs> he says it more than once. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my Lord. All right, Zach. What about Chev Chelios? That's Jason Statham in the Crank series of films. Oh, man. I probably should have saved Bellinelli because he's also confusing the <laughs> <European. laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, he's kind of he's kind of hardened, right? Like, he's... Um, Maybe Gilbert Arenas, who's kind oh, of like good. kind of like more of a dick than you want him to be. Uh-huh. Yeah, I I said Ricky Davis because he has all the tools in the world, but plays like he's on drugs. <laughs> That's also pretty good. <laughs> um, what? Okay, what about Luke Hobbs, which is the Rock in the Fast and the Furious franchise? Most Spates. <laughs> <laughs> confusingly big and just shoots at everything. Yeah, there's like weird shapes on this body and you're not right. totally sure how they got there. Like, I think that's a muscle, but it could be... Uh, see, I said DeMarcus Cousins because he's giant, everybody loves him, but he keeps losing fights to smaller people. I like that. <laughs> and finally, the ultimate gunner, John Wick. See, this is this is where I have to go, Ricky Davis. Oh, of that. you you do love because Ricky Davis. I I am not more entertained by two people. I'm not <laughs> Ricky Davis and John Wick. Those are my. <laughs> I would take a bullet for either person. The hardest decision of my life, literally the hardest decision of my life, was during writing on the show. It was day one of writing on Ian Carmel's show, and. And Jade, Jade Hoy, who's the producer of the True Hoop TV podcast, texts me and says, I need you to come on the podcast for five minutes. I said, I really can't do this. Like, we just started. Like, we're in the middle of something. I can't do this. He's like, Ricky Davis is on. And yeah, I was I... Like, <laughs> he's like, this is the Black Opinion Matters uh, podcast, but we're, like, they're letting you on for like this special segment of Ricky <laughs> Davis being on. Like, this is your guy. You come on. And I was like, this is the only time in life I'm going to be professional and say no. And that was oh, wow. the hardest. Um, you're, you're a good man. You're a good man. I regret well, every second of it. I said he'd be Michael Jordan plus Larry Bird plus Wilt Chamberlain meets Allen Iverson and Russell Westbrook. And basically yeah. it would be like that scene in Pleasantville where they can't miss the basket. <laughs> <laughs> and that... Dog die. If someone had a like, which player, which player had a dog died not from like negligence? Yeah, by themselves. Probably, yeah. <laughs> probably someone in New Orleans because that place is haunted. <laughs> <laughs> That's where Festus Azili got his knee from. <laughs> uh, well, I think Zach did a fantastic job on this game. Yeah, um, you won, Zach. You're a winner. Yeah, you're a winner. Yeah, but we have one. We have one more winner. To suss out this week, the Golden State Warriors of 2016-2017 hobbled by injury. We'll be facing another team that has 
an injury problem, a team comprised of exclusively people with devastating knee injuries. <laughs> so here's your starting five. Derek Rose, okay. Bernard King, okay. a young Sean Livingston, so horrific injury Sean Livingston. He has to face mm-hmm. old Sean Livingston in a mirror match, basically. Man, wow. Just like the end of Logan, guys. Oh, no. <laughs> the spoilers. <laughs> Jesus. I am evil. Uh, Napoleon McCallum. Uh, Raiders running back. (laughs) (laughs) Last but not least, Greg Oden. Can I add an extra person to this team? Uh, I would like to add undercover FBI agent Johnny Utah. Because he also has a devastating knee injury. (laughs) Uh, Can we also add uh, CIA analyst Jack Ryan? Does Jack Ryan have a knee injury? Jack Ryan has an injury that prevented him from staying in the military, and that's why he joined the CIA. Wait, yeah. which which Jack Ryan are we talking about? Are we talking from the, about Alec Baldwin? Are from the books, from the books, Harrison baby. Ford. Oh, we're a gonna book. Yeah, they're books. They're books. They're I don't Tom believe Clancy you. books. Uh, no, Tom he makes, Clancy, the, he makes video games. Yeah, he makes video games. <laughs> Rainbow Six, man. Uh, no, we're going with we're going with. Ben Affleck from the sum of all fears, and he is the coach. <laughs> he is the coach of this team because he's an analyst. Into this team, yeah, of course. Yeah, uh, Tom Berenger in Major League. Oh, <laughs> oh okay, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, all right. Straight yeah, he had terrible coach. Yeah, he was all banged up, but he beat so, out he beat out that bunt in the uh, AL uh, wild card game or whatever the fuck it was. Okay, anyway, let's let's break this down, guys. I I am already. On Team Warriors here. Are they playing basketball, or is the goal of the game to get injured? What if the goal of the game was to rehabilitate? They're not playing, but they are training every day to prepare for a game. Oh, so they're in a pool. They've got, like, medicine balls. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, then then I'm taking young Sean Livingston. <laughs> The greatest rehabilitation of our lifetime. Truly remarkable. Uh, Sean, what do you think we should do for this actual contest here? Are they playing basketball, or, or what are they doing? I had imagined it them playing basketball, and it was the guy's pre-knee injury. And then it was oh. sort of... Uh, but... I like that. I like that. That feels yeah, right. Sure. Yeah, let's like do that. The, everybody the at their best. <laughs> That's a tastier matchup. Yeah, yeah. No doubt about it. Uh, so, I mean, the the main weakness of this team with knee injuries is that uh, many of them are not basketball players. Mm-hmm. That's a little bit of a disadvantage. Not so yeah. much for Behringer, I don't think, because he's a great <laughs> athlete and an even better person. But, Johnny uh, Utah, I don't think Johnny Utah was very good at football, even though he won the Heisman Trophy. I don't know. Yeah, I mean that that he sugar lost. Bowl. He well, but he also basically lost that beach football game to a bunch of surfer criminals. Mm-hmm. Like it's not like he dominates that football game. Yeah, but to be fair, those were extreme <laughs> athletes. Yeah, it's those true. <laughs> Remember the triple XFL? Those guys were amazing <laughs> athletes. <laughs> uh, for the record, Jack Ryan has broke his back in a crash. And uh, Navy surgeons inadequately repaired that back, which is why he had to retire from the Navy. Wow. Oh, okay, he was that's abandoned the, by the VA, too? 
Oh yeah, <laughs> well he, he landed on his feet. He became a uh, an investment broker at Merrill well, Lynch. I heard what happened to him is actually Luke Walton took his job in the Navy. <laughs> um. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't understand that reference. Why oh, do I not understand? Because Steve Kerr had a back, bad back surgery and wasn't oh, the coach for yes, 50% yes, yes, of the yes, Warrior yes. games last year. Okay, okay. <laughs> I, I, had to, I had to jump a chasm to get to that one. Can we yeah. uh, can we replace Jack Ryan then with Festus Azili and his <gasps> That's a good wrinkle. <laughs> and speaking of cadavers, Steph Curry had a cadaver ankle ligament put into his ankle. Oh back, my when, God. back before his ankles were fixed. And that's what made him an MVP. Right, exactly. He, he, he got had the, that ghost ghost ankle. Yeah, someone gave him the ankles of Pete Maravich. And now he's... <laughs> yeah. so, so, so spooky. So, so spooky. this is kind of like the movie The Sixth Man plus arthroscopic surgery, right? <laughs> well, yeah. guys, if we're dealing with spooky stuff and the supernatural, then I have to go with the team devastating knee injury because they've got they got ghosts and shit on their side well and greg odin has been alive for 200 years so that also <laughs> isn't he like one of the trees from lord of the rings he is i believe he's technically a whoorn he's not quite as big as an end but he has eaten an orc hole before oh uh, you don't learn that at the combine <laughs> Which combine? The NFL combine. <laughs> really? Any oh, other. okay. <laughs> so I, I actually think I was thinking it was going to be the Warriors, but I think it is actually inevitable that Zaza Pachulia is going to fall onto someone else on his own team, and that's going to mm-hmm. swing the balance of power to uh, team knee injury. Yeah, I gotta go team team knee injury. It just I'm yeah, also. Too. I'm also taking team knee injury. Derrick height Rose of, was really yeah. good, and so height was young Sean Livingston. Bernard King? <laughs> Greg Oden before he, he uh, succumbed to his injuries? Yeah, this team. So Greg awesome. Oden's like 14? <laughs> right? That's, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, yeah. 14-year-old that's... Greg Oden. Uh, <laughs> I got the one question I have is Napoleon McCallum is a football player. Yeah, so is Johnny Utah. <laughs> yeah, but he's, not, he's a six-man. <laughs> So he's not logging major minutes, but Napoleon McCallum is listed as a starter here. Yeah. I mean, what is he? Is he guarding Draymond? Uh, I think they're gonna hide him on Matt Barnes if possible. Yeah. Wait, oh, they don't. Man. The Warriors don't have Durant. No, he's hurt. <laughs> he's hurt. Yeah, he's hurt. Don't. Yeah, don't be an idiot. Don't, can't play is, until he comes seriously. back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. This is like. If you start a season on 2K, a franchise, you use existing injuries. Oh, yeah. Right? It yeah. start today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it starts yeah. today. <laughs> um, don't forget, before his knees went out, Jake Taylor was an all-star catcher. That's yep. true. It's true. He's yeah. smart. Not going co- like to come in handy. Yeah. Doesn't come in handy in basketball at all. <laughs> I also, the, skills of, the skills of catching are useless in basketball. Uh, but sure, and, yeah. We also, on the coaching staff, I think we have Jeff Daniels from Speed. Mm-hmm. He's shot uh-huh. in the knee. Uh, yeah. that <laughs> is that going to confuse him though? Like he thinks he's talking to Keanu from Speed, but he's talking to Keanu from Point Break. Well, yeah. So they're going to end up playing this weird D'Antoni brand of basketball, where he's like, "We can't slow down the offense. We got to score fifty points a quarter. This whole thing's going to explode." Is there a way we can get Cotton Hill from King of the Hill involved in this team? He has no knees. They were blown off in the war. Hmm. Is he no? Sure. Sure, Dave. 
So would would he be like that? Is he like I the just, crappy kid from from Hoosiers? I was just thinking, like, why aren't there more mascots in wheelchairs? Right. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Just they the could thing. do some cool stuff, like wheeling around. Like I've seen that Saved by the Bell episode where they're playing wheelchair basketball. Like they did some cool stuff. They could uh-huh. pop wheelies it, it, and stuff. I mean, Drake was in a wheelchair on his TV show and is mm-hmm. technically the Raptors' official mascot. It's true. So well, I mean, there is so, a wheelchair mascot, so, <laughs> and it's Drake. <laughs> shouldn't it be the Celtics, like a leprechaun in a wheelchair, is a tribute to Paul Pierce? Yeah, just wearing a Paul Pierce jersey. <laughs> Holding I two guess. phones at the same time. I love, I, I love this as a tribute. Uh, all right, let's let's wrap this up. Who have we got? I'm going with the knee injury team. Uh, yeah, team knee injury for me. I'm also taking knee injury. It's a sweep. Wow. Wow. Uh, fly the W, Dubaru. Warriors. The Warriors though are taking an L. Uh, team of players who. Um, you were severely injured. Yeah, if, yeah. You, if you've blown all three ligaments in your knee, you're not going to blow a 3-1 lead, right? Like, if yeah. we're going to use that logic. <laughs> yeah, not at all, no. Um, well, congratulations to Derek Rose and Bernard King and, and Sean Livingston, Greg Oden, and a football player. Greg uh, Oden's second <laughs> ring, right? Yeah. This is Derek Rose's only championship that he'll ever win in his entire life, so... Kudos, Derek Rose. Well, it's, this check is in the mail. Um, <laughs> Zach, anything you want to promote? I assume True Hoop podcast. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Fanrag uh, Sports, right? That's where fan we can ra- read you. Fanragsports.com slash authors slash something. I don't know. Just go to, <laughs> go to the NBA section. Link in, in bio. Link in Link. bio. <laughs> yeah, there, I might have put that in there. Uh, yeah, the... I mean, all the True Hoop episodes are pretty good, but Wednesday and Friday is when I'm on, so do that. And then, uh, you know, follow me on uh, on the old Talk Hoops Twitter account. Okay. Joey, what's going on with you this week? What do you want to you want to say anything? Uh, actually, actually, Sean, go, go first. to Sean. Yeah, Sean, you first, Sean. Sean, what do you want to say? Uh, what check do you have to out plug? check out the Everything Report for fake news every weekday, and then March twenty second. Through the 26th, I'll be at the Punchline in San Francisco. Fantastic. You can see me with Aaron Foley. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. She's very good. Um, I am at Dave underscore Schilling on Twitter. Uh, read my Jimmy Butler piece on Bleacher Report. And uh, check out the Mass Man Show podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network, of course, every week. Uh, Joey, what have you got? Uh, first off, give our podcast, the one you're listening to, five star a five-star review on iTunes. When we get to 50, we're going to do a commentary of My Giant, which is about what, Dave? It's about white slavery. <laughs> <laughs> and, he uh, buys a giant, and it's crazy. You should not be allowed to do that in America. <laughs> no one should own a giant. That's fucked. <laughs> Uh, and then finally, follow me. Follow me on Twitter at Frankie Muniz. Uh, this week, I tweeted, "I really like peeing into urinals filled with ice." Officially. All right. Well, that's <laughs> fave and tweet and retweet that. And as always, <laughs> trust the process. Trust, trust the, the process. process.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.